everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robert. At least I was until I watched this episode. I try not to let it affect my mood too much, man. I try. <laughs> I really do. I mean, we all try that, Robbie. Some days it works better than others. Hi, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Get access to all our bonus content for $5 a month. Get access to that much, 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 much more. It's the best deal in podcasting. I encourage everyone to go support us there. Get a lot of bonus podcasts and help support the show. This week's episode is The Squirt and the Whale, episode MABF14, originally aired April 25th, 2010, written by Matt Warburton, directed by Lance Kramer, received a 3.4 rating with 5.9 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, South Park, we'd stand beside you if we weren't so scared. Um, and some stations aired Je ne suis pas Francois, which is, I'm not French. Um, this is in reference to the South Park episodes where they... Uh, portrayed muhammad uh negatively and got a lot of uh death threats over it and uh, and then i think ultimately that, that episode, some of the episodes got censored and then pulled from circulation i don't remember it all i looked at it briefly um i find the whole thing very stupid in retrospect Shocking. yeah but um that is what that is referencing the couch gag the family chases the couch throughout the pages of the Springfield Shopper. The couch reunites with them after seeing an advertisement about itself in the classified section. This is a, this is a little interesting couch gag. Yeah, it's it's more original than I was expecting, and honestly, I didn't hate it. It was fun, and especially after looking back at it after watching this entire episode. Matt. Uh, yeah, I like it Definitely more the best and more. Part. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this episode. Oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna try not to yell, Matt. Okay. It's going to be hard because even I want to yell at how stupid this is. There's I, my my big my big the thing I'm going to try and focus on mostly above everything else in this episode is tone. Okay? I'm going to talk about tone a lot. Tone is 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 often hard to describe to somebody. Uh you know, but ultimately tone when you're talking about narrative or even really any kind of art is how it makes you the feeling it kind of has. Is it is it uh is it light and airy, fluffy? Is it serious? Is it is it dark? The, all those things. And some of those and sometimes some art can be multiple tones at once. The really good. But the, that's very difficult. It's difficult to do. It's hard to do. It's not impossible. It's just really hard to do. And the Simpsons and the Golden Years have pulled off multiple tones, tonal shifts, as they are called, in an episode where it can go from really stupid and silly to something very serious and dark and, and depressing, even. This episode, it's even harder to go in the opposite direction, to go from, oh, this is very serious into something silly and funny. It's like, that is an extremely difficult line to walk. And the Simpsons and the Golden Years pulled it off a few times. Now... No. no, let's no. just say no. They fail miserably in this episode, and that's the thing I'm going to hammer on the most. Uh, this episode begins with the family watching television, or Bart and Lisa watching television. They see a trailer for something called Tic Tac Toe, uh, the sci-fi. It's a science fiction epic uh, that's about Tic Tac Toe. I think this is uh, aping like a battle uh, battleship or, or things like of that ilk. I'm guessing, even though it feels like this is too old. To be referencing that, I'm not sure, but I mean, it's prescient either way. I think Battleship was 2012, so yeah, this is definitely earlier than that. Yeah, but I mean, like, we are getting movies made about Barbie right now. 
you know so it's not it's not crazy like you yeah they make movies about kids children's things even though the barbie movie looks like it's gonna be very smart and fun but you know what i mean um the homer pulls out the tv pulls off pulls out the plug on the tv turns it off bart and lisa are upset homer's upset about the electric bill you might in this point you ask robbie does this matter that's a good question to ask this early in every episode of the simpsons no this does not matter None not of this, even close. None of this matters. They're the entire first act until you get to maybe the last minute. None of this matters. You could literally start the episode with a massive storm rolling through town and jumpstart this plot nine minutes faster, but they don't. Uh, we get Lisa suggesting alternative energy. This is a, this is this is my. This is the point where I go, Matt. They probably had a lot of jokes about wind, wind and solar and. Uh, the corn, gasoline, and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make they wanted to put those jokes in an episode. So that's they go to an alternative energy fair. We get lots of very hacky, I would call them jokes about energy. There was like such hackiness. Like my God, it's so hacky. Yeah, not nothing really. I no, I did nothing. I'm not going to say this episode is devoid of good jokes, and I feel like that's part of the problem. That is like the good jokes are also ju- often juxtaposed against something so sad, and you're like, I I can't take this. I can't take you doing this really silly gag that maybe in a vacuum isn't that bad in this incredibly dark and depressing episode. Um, Homer meets some Danish guy. Apparently in Denmark, they use lots of wind power. Okay. Homer meets him and buys a single wind turbine. Good dog, friendlies. Behold to you, wind. The energy that powers Denmark. Well, I'm not usually one to take the word of a Dane. Plus, how can I afford it? Well, there are tax credits, government rebates. It will pay for itself in 12 to 18... Months? Lifetimes. Hmm. Tie it to my car and you got a deal. Lars, get the twine! (laughs) You will not regret this. I'm starting to regret it already. Too late. Lars got the twine. No. Dad, you are leading the way in clean energy. Yep, I outgored it pretty good. Where's my Grammy for audiobook narration? Uh, so they have a wind turbine in their backyard. <sighs> they sure do, Robbie. They sure do. I, Matt, we don't. We can't. I know there's a million problems with all this, and it's not reflective of reality, and it's not funny. So why is it here? Don't worry about it. It's going to be gone <laughs> in six minutes. We're not going to have to think about this at all. Okay, we're going to be talking That's about a true. whale. Um. None of this wind stuff matters. This is all just like, hey, what's a, what's there's like there's a minute of jokes about basically, uh, like the wind turning off, the wind not blowing on the turbines, so the their power goes off because they are disconnected. Oh, there's so many jokes about this, and it's like this is just so dumb. It's a minute, so at least a minute of this where it's this is the joke. Their power turns off in the middle of things. They're playing a video game. The power turns off. They're watching TV. The power turns off. They're cooking something. The power turns off. That's the joke. It's not much of a and joke. And then Homer tries to get the fan to blow using uh, like little box fans that are plugged into Flanders' house, and then he makes Bart you know spin Turn. the turbine manually, which <sighs> again, anyway. it doesn't like, yeah, it, this is like, oh, they literally, I think it felt like the writing room. They went, someone wrote on the, on the whiteboard. What jokes, if they got a wind turbine, let's write them all down. And they're, and the, it's, oh boy, 
like I don't mind like if the jokes are really funny, I'll take it if you're gonna put them in, you know, in, in part of the episode that doesn't really matter. Hmm. No, no laughs. So the family is off the grid, living with intermittent power. We get a montage of this. Uh, eventually, eventually, this takes a long time. I'm shortcutting us this because. My God! Oh, it takes so much. This time. is the endless inciting incident. We're back, Matt. This is—it's been a long time, but this is—we're back with the endless inciting incident. It just over. They—they're watching TV. They the electric bill. They go to the energy fair. They get a turbine. There's—we have living with a turbine. Blah blah blah. Finally, we see that a storm is rolling through town. This is actually going to kick off the actual plot. Eventually, um, at this point, the the. Uh, the the wind is so strong that the turbine is spinning too fast and giving them too much electricity, which is again not how any of this works. But whatever, there's there's they have systems in place to stop this from happening. It's it's not even that. I don't think it's that complicated. I'm not an electrician, but I understand it pretty well. No, and there's a reason that most wind turbines are sighted so that they're very high up in the air, you know, above where most storms are. Uh, so this doesn't happen on top of that. It just it's so dumb. I'm again, man, it doesn't matter because after this moment, we never see the wind turbine again. No one cares about it after this point. Uh, the storm wrecks the town, destroys everything. Um, Bart and Lisa go to fa- to go to see the damage, to go gawk at things, to go rubberneck, and they find the subject of this episode. Finally. Look at the cool stuff that washed up. <gasps> Scuba goggles. Oh, medical waste. Huh? <gasps> oh, my God. A beached whale. Can you believe that something so mighty has been rendered so powerless? I'm going to have my next birthday party on this thing. Hey, Rob, remember I was talking about that fine line between <laughs> sad, dramatic moments and comedy? This is not it. Oh, boy. It, it, okay. One, let's start. The whale itself. It's a blue whale. A uh, massive thing, largest mammal on earth, largest animal on earth. It is animated and drawn super realistic, right? Um, yes, very, very realistic. And when you think about it, like, and when you see this episode, it has like I, I in particular, uh, I re- I know that Snowball Two is shown later in this episode. She's in a scene. And you look at Snowball 2, this cat, and it's a very cartoonish-looking cat, right? doesn't look very super realistic. And, you know, you can't... I've read, you know, books about... You know, if you read... There's a lot of art theory in comic book... Uh, from Scott McCloud, in particular, understanding comics. That's a, kind of a fundamental, basic kind of... Ex- to, to the layman. You don't have to take an art class at school or something. You can just read that. And it kind of lays out a very kind of basic understanding of, like what it means and what it tells your audience and how you, how realistic you draw something. And in oftentimes it will, it changes to portrayal. It, sh- it, it tells something different to your audience. Uh, and it's very jarring, honestly, the, the, how they draw the whale in this compared to basically even the Simpsons, the Simpsons are cartoony, 
right? They're not full cartoon characters. They're not Bugs Bunny, but they're kind of in between a super realistic demonstration of humanity versus a cartoon character. Yeah, they they look cartoony, but they act realistic. Whereas, you know, Looney Tunes look cartoony and act cartoony. And like King of the Hill looks realistic and acts realistic. The Simpsons are in that weird middle ground, except for this whale. The whale is super, it looks super realistic. But what in what, what all this is leading to, this whale is super realistic looking. It is dying, effectively. We're watching it die. That is what we're doing. The entire, as long as it is on screen, we're watching it die, and then we're seeing a dead whale. That is all that we get from this whale. And it is super sad, super depressing the entire time. And I think that's by design. And I'm not saying you can't even do that. You can easily do an episode about Lisa kind of discovering this massive animal and not be able to do anything about it. But you also have to understand, that's super sad. I don't want to laugh at anything when I'm watching a giant whale die. Yeah, it's it would be impossible for a good show, not impossible, extremely difficult for a good show to get humor out of this. And this is not a good show. Not not really. Not this is certainly not a good episode of The Simpsons. Um, we go to commercial nine minutes and twenty four seconds. The first act is basically half of this episode, and there is no whale in it until the very end. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's gonna get worse. Don't you worry, Robbie. It, it, oh, when we come back, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so Lisa is distraught at finding this beached whale. It's obviously a blue whale from the hyper-realistic uh, detail they gave it. Um, so she goes and tries to get some adults. But first, she stops by the bullies who are having lunch nearby and asks them to try and just keep the whale wet. So the bullies kind of do that, kind of torture Millhouse. This goes on for... What do you say, Robbie? Another minute of wasted time of just the bullies being jerks to Millhouse. There's a lot of, of no- nothing. A, a lot of nothing happens, Matt. There's a lot of nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Lisa, uh, rather than getting anyone who can actually help, uh, goes home to her parents, and oh, it just goes badly. Hey, mom, dad, there's a whale on the beach. You gotta help me get her back in the ocean. <sighs> All right, let me get my tool belt. Oh, man, who are these belts made for? French supermodels? Hurry! Dad, hurry! Now, homie, can I talk to you for a second? Sure, Lisa, bring the car around. But I don't know how to drive. Haven't you learned anything from watching Bart drive? A little. Homie, I happen to read about beached whales in Springfield Geographic. It usually does not end well. <laughs> We can't let Lisa get her hopes up. Marge, how hard can it be? We're just rolling it into the ocean from the beach. It's not like it's stuck in the bottom of a well or in a Mexican prison. <gasps> but that would make a great movie. Cool hand fluke. <laughs> Lisa is very sensitive. If something she loves dies in front of her... That whale's not going to die. We're busting him out of prison no matter what you say, Escobar. God, this thing writes itself. This is the problem with this episode in a nutshell. You have Marge trying to be serious about Lisa getting her hopes up about this poor beached whale. And then you have Homer at the exact same time in the same conversation, more or less, trying to write a movie script about a whale stuck in a Central American prison. It, it, the tool belt. like it's And Lisa like honking and driving the car in the background. Like, 
it, this is is the perfect example, Matt. You're, you said it. Tonal shifts of like, oh, it's this super sad story of this dying whale. Here's a scene about them talking about tool belts and Lisa driving her car. And like, what does that have to do with this? What does this have to do with the whale? Why? Mm-hmm. Stay, stay. Like, if you're going to make an episode about a dying whale, then make an episode about a dying whale. Like, I didn't... I, it feels like I'm... Yeah, I want to yell at the rest. Like, I didn't make you do this, man. I didn't make you make an episode <laughs> about a dying whale. You decided to do this, okay? If you want to do it, commit, all right? Don't don't hem and haw about it. Don't jump back and forth. Oh, silly, not silly, deadly serious, sad story about a whale dying. Oh, Homer can't fit a tool belt on. What? Choose one. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, they don't, unfortunately. Uh, so we get an endless bunch of scenes of, you know, okay, this is this deadly serious thing. This whale has washed up on the beach. How are they going to do this? Well, they get the town together because Springfield's a small town and they don't have anyone who knows what the heck they're doing. So they try to put get a whole bunch of strong guys to push the whale into the ocean. Obviously, it doesn't work. A blue whale is several tons. So they decide, let's get some smart guys. And they're like, oh, how do we figure out who the smart guys are? So they have a tug of war with the rope around some guys' heads. I don't want to repeat that, but but just go back and listen again to the incredible, stupid thing that I just said. It, it, again, Matt, it's just what is what is what is this? Is this what is this episode like? Is it? Oh, let's it. This is one of those most maddening episodes that we've watched recently because mm-hmm. I want to laugh at the insanity of it, where they position Lisa as being super sad about this dying whale. And then they all they do is do Looney Tunes next to it. Like it's still Lisa being sad, but then right like next door is just this tug of war contest. I'm like, there's a dying whale right there, guys. What are we doing? I can't I can't take this. I feel like I'm losing my mind. <sighs> yep. Oh, don't worry, it's gonna get worse. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Uh we then they try and, and pull the whale back out to see with tugboats, which you know could work. Tugboats are tend to be very strong. They pull giant tankers and and freight carriers uh but no they all sink because reasons i guess and this this is where it just gets awful so lisa goes home and is extremely concerned about the whale she falls asleep no 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 no. she falls she she falls she has this dream next to the whale man this is at nighttime she's reading the story to the she's reading the story to the whale right right she's reading the story to the whale and then she falls asleep and then she wakes up to think oh the military's here with a couple of Black Hawk helicopters and a sling, and they're able to lift the whale, get her back in the ocean. I don't know if we've said the whale's name. At least it does, by the way. It's Bluella. Uh, so they get the whale back into the ocean. The whale swims away. Everyone's happy. Absolutely wonderful. The day has been saved. But no, because this is a dream, and Lisa wakes up, and the whale is dead. Like, what were they trying to do here? Like... Oh my god, this is horrendous. We go to a commercial after this, and I just... I cannot fathom what they were thinking. <laughs> they go to a commercial with the whale dead, Matt. I, and I want to make this clear. They find the whale at the end of Act 1. By the end of Act 2, the whale is dead. And that's five minutes later. Five Less than five minutes later, the whale is dying. Mm-hmm. So five minutes, the whale is alive. Lisa has... And in that mean, meantime, Lisa has named the whale and read it some Walt Whitman. And that is it. That is the only connection. Like, the whale is in the background as stuff happens. But 
we see no we like we care about this whale because it's a dying creature and it's sad but we don't and lisa names it i think and you know that i think that is part of it but it's also like this is clearly very manipulative where we get a dream where the whale is saved and then they rip it away from us and lisa at the same time and I'm not above, you know, using such a heart-rending thing in in fiction. However, I want it to mean something, ultimately. And when the whale has been here less than five minutes and it's already dead, and you've been making jokes about it the entire time, it doesn't mean anything. It just makes me question your sanity. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? We come back from commercial at 14 minutes and four seconds. Um, Lisa is understandably upset because she just woke up to find her friend the whale dead. Uh, she's home. Homer trying to console her. Don't worry, honey. Right now she's lying on God's beach. She doesn't like lying on the beach. She likes being in the ocean. Oh, Lisa, I'm sorry. I tried my best. I know it's really hard when you discover your dad isn't perfect. Not perfect? You can say that again. I'm trying to be a sensitive father, you unwanted moron! Lisa, where were we? Maybe I should just be alone a little bit. Of course. Oh, it kills me to see her like that. And if there's one thing I can't stand, it's being killed. That's that's the scene with Snowball 2, uh, where mm-hmm. we clearly see a cartoon animal versus the incredibly realistic portrayal of that whale. Um, Homer's terrible in this. Like, they try and make this, like, a Lisa Homer episode here in the second half of it. Well, yeah, but Homer's uh, attempts to empathize with Lisa are the absolute worst kind imaginable. And I guess that's supposed to be funny, but no, it's not. I, again, they, the tone in this is just crazy to me. It's so sad. And then they do this like really silly stuff. Speaking of Matt, we get, we now see Bart Millos. They're going to the beach to poke the dead whale, which, okay. They're, they're boys that, that, that lines up to me. Um, even that isn't that crazy a situation. Um, and this is where we get the police blowing up the whale. Millhouse, this will be the biggest dead animal we ever poked with a stick. If that flattened squirrel we poked last week could only see us now. All right, back up, everybody. Oh, but not too much. You are definitely going to want to see this. So clean, how huh? part of it just disappears like that. Citizens, today we honor Bluella the whale, along with the victims of the great whale explosion. Could you please stop dynamiting? Sorry, I sat on the plunger. But Bluella will live on among us as we make use of every part of her body, from blowhole to fluke. And we did not catch the whale, brave boys. And we did not catch the whale. Behold, I'm Captain Kirk from Star Trek One, Two, Five, Generations, Boston Legal. So this tragic death of a whale segues into directly scene of 
it's Lisa grieving about this whale dying into them blowing the whale up and the town being showered with guts. I cannot. This is maddening. I this and is like awful. I, it's just it, I can't take it. So we get this montage of whale butchery where they're going to use they use parts of the like does that supposed to make me feel better like i don't no of course not it makes me feel worse like what is this is this a like it feels like the episode is playing a joke on me like i don't know what it's doing homer shows up uh, again being very unhelpful because he's gotten lisa an invisible dog you know the little dog leash that doesn't have a dog in it uh and we get a scene here where he treats the Acts like it's a dog. Again, they have a dog. The family has a dog. I don't. What it, Homer is this dumb, Matt? I this is mm-hmm. this is like this is challenging every every fiber of my being. I really wanted to. This is I would have turned the episode off by this point. I'm just saying that I want to make that clear. If I was not doing this for this podcast, I would have turned this episode off at this point. I would have gone absolutely. There's boop. no reason to keep going to this, and and it's one of those things where I get where they get they got this from. You know, this this actually happened. Some tiny little town i forget where tried to blow up a whale that had washed up and died on the beach but you can't do something like this when you have just made the death of that whale incredibly sad like what in the world were they thinking like what's the point of this if what is this about right is this about lisa having to grieve over a big giant animal like the the powerlessness of the situation like how you know a storm you know, a, a you know a storm pushed this whale into shallow water, ended up getting beached. They couldn't do anything to save it, and it ends up dying. And Lisa's powerless to do anything about it. And that is what this episode's about: about the fact that you have to learn to live with the fact that sometimes you're going to be powerless in your life to change things, and you just have to come to accept them and deal with it. That pain, and that grief, and the sadness. That doesn't sound like a very good Simpsons episode, but uh, sure, that's what you chose. But it, then they blow up the whale. Like, what is the point of this? Just like cruel and needless cruelty. Like that's all this feels like. This feels like the worst yeah, of the Scully years, where they did this needless cruel stuff, and you're like, why is this here? Like, what is going on? Well, yeah, it feels like they were like, oh, we have a dead whale. Now, what do we do with it? Well, it'd be really funny if they blew it up like that one internet video. Well, let's do that then, and they just completely ignore. Uh, Lisa's feelings about this. Lisa isn't even here for this. It's just so they can mine more jokes out of tragedy. <laughs> and that's the thing, Matt. If it was a cartoon whale, a more cartoonish whale, you could maybe tread the line. I wouldn't blow it up, but you you could maybe tread that line a little bit and go into like darker humor. But because it's so realistic, it makes it just it makes it feel like I'm watching a nature documentary, right? And no one do you watch a nature nature documentary and you watch a some animal die, do you feel good about it? No, never. That's the point. Uh so Lisa now is walking through town. We see a like a montage of her going to the different places. Wherever she goes, she hears whale song, which again would fit in with the 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 with an episode that doesn't just have these needlessly cruel and silly gags about this dead whale, but we just jump back and forth. They blow up the whale. Now Lisa imagines she hears whale song everywhere. Uh, she runs into a clown. She sees some. Uh, I think Martin getting bullied or Millhouse. I forget what it was. Eventually, she makes her way back to the ocean to the beach, and she sees the imprint where the whale was. Apparently, they've cleaned up the entire corpse of that whale. The 
carcass. Uh, and then she looks, she hears more whale song. And at this point, Lisa realizes this isn't fake. This isn't imagined. This is actual whale song from whale babies out in the ocean. <gasps> be Bluella's children. Hello, whale calves. Your mother lives on through you. Huh? Run! I mean, swim! I mean, ooh! So now the whale calves are being menaced by sharks. Swarms of sharks. Typically, sharks don't attack things bigger than them. Nope. Yeah, and sharks generally don't hunt in packs. Um, tend to be very solitary hunters. So even if you had a shark about the size of a baby whale, probably wouldn't attack one because it's big and it'd probably get its butt kicked. They'd probably just go after a fish. No fish. Easy. Something probably. Easy, easy to, something easy to kill. Um, it doesn't matter. This episode is not, is not concerned with science seen even the slightest bit. Uh, we go to our final commercial at 17 minutes and 41 seconds. Who boy. Okay. So this next bit, uh, Homer shows up to help Lisa and then it just gets real stupid, like extra stupid. Those baby whales are doomed just like their mom. Oh, I guess it's just nature's way. Nature is a toothless dying hag. We are going to save those whale babies. Dad, where did you get that boat? I'm taking it on a test drive from the boat store. Get in. Shark Week just got canceled. Drop the poon. Oh, come on. Leave me alone. I'm trying to save your precious whales. We're not here to protect the whales. We're here to protect the sharks. Did you know that over 40 million sharks are slaughtered every year to make shark fin soup? Which of you like sharks? Being a true eco-activist means supporting every animal's struggle for life. Except for cockroaches. Yeah. Linda, please. <laughs> Typical eco-jerks using words to talk. So remember that serious episode we talked about where Lisa was sad? These people showing up, um, you know, to, to protect the sharks, it might have made sense in that particular plot if it had been done well. This is not that. This just... Matt. What even in the world? Matt, this... It, it just... They... They want to have a sad Lisa episode, but they also want the episode to end on like a big action set piece. We have to save Homer from the from the sharks. What? 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 This episode's about Lisa and like being sad about a whale, and it's about Homer being attacked mm-hmm. by sharks. What is going on? Why is Homer being attacked by sharks? Like there is an e like th- like as I was watching this, I was like. There's an easy layup for here where you just have it like, oh, the whales are being, these baby whales are in danger of being beached themselves. All they have to do is get them pushed out further to sea. So Lisa and Homer devise a way to get the, when maybe sea captains there, they bring in the sea captain just to have someone with a boat, blah, blah, blah. They need to devise a, a, and Lisa is the smart one. She figures it out. She's like, oh, we just need to, to basically shepherd them back out to deeper water and maybe there is where the dad is waiting and we don't have some imminent danger to homer there's no sharks there's no like lazy stereotypes about environmentalists you just have lisa solving the problem 
And and if you want to have the environmentalists show up and help her and say, oh, we're so sorry, we came as fast as we could to help the whale, but we're not going to let them die. Yeah, give Lisa some hope. That's fine. But this just adds needless pseudo danger. I just eh. the sharks are going to get over. Okay, let them. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, sorry. Um, so yeah, uh, Lisa. Uh, so at this point. There's a standoff between the 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 oh, sorry, the sea huggers uh, and Homer and Lisa. Homer is about to go Homer on the sea huggers when Lisa stops him and goes, "No, Dad, they're right. You know, this is this is nature taking its course. It sucks, and as humans, we don't like it, but that's the way it has to happen because that's just how nature. That's how the, the ecosystem works. Not when Homer's around, because now Homer falls into the water, gets hit with a bucket." starts bleeding and distracts the sharks from the baby whales because, you know, blood in the water, sharks come over to attack him and Lisa and even the sea huggers try to save Homer kind of sort of, eh, maybe they shouldn't have when daddy whale shows up, lifts Homer out of the water, scares the sharks off, saves the day. Homer is safe. Lisa is safe. Everyone's happy with exactly what happened. Uh, and daddy and the, the baby whales go out to sea. Not how it happened in real life. Daddy whales don't usually hang around that much. It would probably be grandma whale or auntie whale, but still, some whale would have shown up and saved them, the the calves probably. But that's the end. That's 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 our big action set piece. Homer get, falls into the water, starts bleeding, sharks cut at him, saved by a whale, done. Saved by a whale. Thank God. Why? Why, Matt? Why is the whale there? Why does the whale save Homer? A whale right. doesn't care about Homer. That's the other thing. Like when you portray these whales, you make them look so realistic. It makes it even more stark when they act like cartoon characters, like Stampy. He's like, that's what I was thinking about this entire time. Matt was Stampy. Stampy is like that perfect middle ground of like being semi-realistic, but also being able to inhabit that. He basically inhabits the same space. The Simpsons do right where he's mostly a real elephant, but then there's a little bit leaning into that more cartoonish side where he can do things like put Bart in his mouth for a little bit. And you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. It's a, I get the gag, right? I can laugh at that because it's not, fully realistic when you portray and when you make this animal look so realistic and you have it so sad and be depressing and like oh yeah we don't save the whale it just dies and then it gets exploded um when you have other whales that also look very realistic save the day a whale does not care about a human they don't care either the uh, a human is just another animal to them they're not they're not gonna save it they're, they might accidentally save it but it, they gave this whale like intention and stuff like it's this whale doesn't care about homer this whale would take his kids and run away maybe like just get like maybe shoot the sharks away because it's big um that's another thing sharks if there was a, if there that whale was anywhere nearby the sharks would vamoose like yeah sharks don't want anything to do with whales i mean everyone leaves when orcas are around but you know sharks don't care about uh sharks care very much about other whales and do not want to be anywhere near them they're very big and can easily kill them like, I don't, blue whales are massive things, and even the biggest shark is not even close to the size of a, of a blue whale. But whatever. It doesn't, it it fails at everything, right? It fails at tone, it fails at theme, it, it, it certainly fails about any degree of realism. Like, I would say, like, there's some gags in here, Matt, that are along the way in this episode. 
I didn't really call them out because I don't want to talk about this episode for too long. But there's some gags along the way. I think if it was in a different episode, I might laugh at them. But you surrounded these gags with the darkest, saddest thing possible. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. No, you need time to breathe between sad things and jokes, unless it's a very dark humor kind of thing. Dark humor has its place along sad things because there is a bridge between the two, between sadness and dark humor. But goofy gags... You're just not in the mood for that when you see something sad. It, you, there's got to be a long buildup back to Goofy if you're going to do that. And it does not. I don't know what they're thinking. This is maddening to me. We'll write this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, how broken is this episode? <laughs> no, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Uh, like, if an episode's broken, this is certainly one of them. Like, I, There's no, not even a moment where I think about, oh, is this episode broken? Of course this episode's broken. I'm not, like, fix it? I, if you, okay. If you want to make an episode that is about a whale being beached on the shores of Springfield, Lisa, Lisa bonding with it, the whale dying, and then Lisa over getting over her grief by saving its calves. Okay. Okay. You can do be, that. It would be tough to generate some humor about that, but it could be done. You can do it. Um, but you have to, you have to delicately balance that tone. You have to give us more time with Lisa and the whale. Lisa has to, we have to, have a, we have to understand that bond. We have to see more than Lisa going, oh, it's a big animal and I feel sorry for it. Well, yeah, of course. Like anyone with empathy, a general, like a baseline level of empathy will go, oh, that's sad. You have to, like, you have to give it more character. You have to make it more, less realistic. Put it in that Stampy area, right? Give it, like, Stampy has personality. Bluella has no personality. Bluella's just a big, realistic... Effectively, it dropped a real whale in the middle of Springfield. And it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Like, you have to make it a stampy, if that makes sense. You have to... Well, yeah, because you have to make this whale have a little bit of personality. We'll still be sad, but if the whale's doing sassy things, we'll understand, oh, it's more of a cartoon whale than a real whale. Because this real whale sits there and does nothing but die. And we barely get any time with it. Five we minutes. We can't say, oh, it's her time. It just, nine, we get nine minutes of nonsense. No more – cut the – you could literally start the episode with a big storm. Like it, it, I went back and looked at, at Bart Gets an Elephant Man. We see Stampy at about eight minutes in, okay? The first time we see Stampy. Bart is asking about elephants at about the five-minute mark. All right. There's no mention of whales until they literally stumble on it on the beach at nine minutes. And then it's five minutes later, it's dead and exploded. Like, you don't explode the whale either. You, you, God, no. <sighs> like, it's just, it's crazy. Um, that's what, if you want to save it, that's what you do. I would just say, like, hey, I would put this episode, Matt, you know, like, when you're pitching ideas for episodes and someone goes, uh, there's a beach whale and it dies and Lisa bonds with it. I'd be like, let's put that in the in the maybe pile. Let's put that Definitely in the maybe pile. At yeah, best. put that like when we run out of other ideas, we'll go back to it and see if Robbie, it they works. ran out of other ideas like ten years ago. There's st- that's the thing, Matt. Like it's not that hard to write. Like there's so many things you can do with the Simpsons. I don't. Whatever. Okay, we can move on finally to our next segment. It's time for comments for the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. 
Constant News Group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for their thoughts on an episode and their review. I appreciate everyone who took the time to watch it and left their review. First from Tim. Even by the standards of season 21, this was a particularly vapid episode. Extended opening, endless inciting incidents, a plot that isn't allowed to develop. We've seen the Lisa Cares about an animal plot many times before, but unless the point was to put less effort into the idea, the squirt in the whale fails. At least there wasn't anything particularly offensive. Number 392, not canon, could be fixed perhaps if Lisa's dream sequence was the plot instead of a sideshow. Perhaps. Uh, from Derek. There's just nothing here. It's so obvious they had one objective and two steps to reach that goal. Step one, Beach Whale dies. Step two, Lisa's sad. Goal of achieving an episode that sits among the emotionally hard-hitting classics attained. Except they forgot to add anything of substance. So this is just dreary, meandering affair. It spins its wheels for most of the run. Most of the runtime, then from out of nowhere, ends with some wacky nonsense. Round Springfield, this ain't. I know you guys aren't too keen on that season six episode, but it is at least an episode about grief. I feel I had plenty of heart and great lines to balance it out. Not that I disagree with your assessment of that when back in the day, but my God, is there anything in that in this that even comes close to all we have to do is go down to the pound and get a new jazz man or even Mr. Cheeks doing his rounds? This is redundant. I mean, I don't, I'm not as big a fan of Round Springfield as a lot of people, but Round Springfield is still 10,000 times better than this. Like, that's not even close. Um, so I don't know. Like, those, that's my Round Springfield critiques are relatively mild. This is an utter failure compared to that. Uh, from JJ, for the first half of this episode, it felt like Millhouse waiting to get to the fireworks factory. Except I was asking, when are we going to get to the beached whale? <laughs> Even by Simpsons standards, it took forever. I was wondering how the hell we get from this wind power stuff to the actual plot. I think this was a solid premise for a Lisa episode, but there's only five minutes between Lisa finding Bluell and her dying. This is a belabored point, but even episodes where the story needs more time, they stuff them with padding, inciting incidents and extended intros, and it's so frustrating. Still, I think the emotional moments in the second half are still semi-successful, such as Lisa waking up to find that Bluell has died, and there were some decent jokes. Finally, from Dara. Maybe it's due to the run of the last several episodes, but I genuinely loved this episode. It had some clever jokes, nice animation, no one carried the idiot ball for too long, it made me legit laugh out loud when the seagull got Randy Johnson by the harpoon gun. That's a, I do appro- I approve of the, using the, the Randy Johnson as a verb. I approve of that. Uh, I'm going against the other reviewers and putting this as my third best episode of season 21. You do you, Dara. You do you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your reviews if you'd like to join our cavalcade of calamity our parade of pain uh go support us on patreon at any level you leave your review we can move on to our next segment it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number <gasps> yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow uh this segment least what what, what up matt what i've losing my personal cassie listener question of the week this week is What's your favorite quote from the Springfield Police? That'd be any members of the Springfield Police. Matt, please take it away. All right. Uh, first up from Andy. Wiggum. Ah, uh, he's a dumb kid, but he's an above average dog. Roll over, son. Wow. Uh, all right. From Matt. Uh, different Matt. Uh, Chief Wiggum. Sorry, sorry. No dumping in the lake. Fine. I hope my yard trimmings in a car compactor. Chief, I think there was a dead body in there. I thought that too, until you said yard trimmings. Yeah, learn to listen, Lou. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, from Alex, Bart, take him away, boys. Wiggum, hey, I'm the chief here. Bake him away, toys. What'd you say, chief? Do what the kids said. Uh, from Aaron, I love everything about the ending of the canine mutiny from Wiggum trying to sing jamming to his yelling at Lou for trying to do the same. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, from Tim, Lou, we don't have last names. We're like Cher. Uh, from Timothy, Wiggum, 
did you have the same backwards talking dream with the flaming cards? Eddie, I'll drive. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. Uh, from Dara, Eddie. Well, well, Steve Sachs from New York City. Lou, I heard some guy got killed in New York City and they never solved the case. But you wouldn't know anything about that now, would you, Steve? Uh, but there are hundreds of unsolved mur- murders in New York City. You don't know when to keep your mouth shut, do you, sexy boy? <laughs> oh, Homer at the bat. Well, you never stop giving. Uh, from Derek. I'm partial to, it's a good thing you drifted by this brothel in the image of Wiggum, Eddie, and Lou in their robes and slippers. Sometimes the others are there to highlight Wiggum's idiocy. Then sometimes you get scenes like this where they're just, uh, they're all just sketchy twats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Matt Ciliotto, donuts. I got donuts. Sing it every time I buy them. Uh, from Matt, yes, I would, Kent. This is Papa Bear. Put out an APB for a male suspect driving a car of some sort headed in the direction of, uh, you know, that place that sells chili. Suspect is hatless. I repeat, hatless. From Matt Hippie 200, Lou, gee, they look pretty mad. Yeah, I've been starving them, teasing them, singing off key. Me oh me mo, me mo me me. Dogs attack Wiggum. Uh, from Matt Wayscast, the law is powerless to help you, not punish you. Pretty sure I quote this often when mocking our terrible justice system and politicians. Oh, God. All right, uh, from Matt Brave New, does Rex Manor count? If yes, baby turtles and alligators may seem like a cute idea for a pet, but they grow up. And if not, First you torch that orphanage, then you blow up that bus full of nuns. Hey, that was self-defense. Oh, snake. Always with the self-defense. Robbie, what is your response? Put out an APB on a Eustace R. D. Woe. <laughs> I'm surprised no one picked that one. It was on my short list. Uh, better start with Greek Town. <laughs> uh, Chief, that's Homer J. Simpson. Also, you're talking into your wallets. What is your answer, Matt? Oh, uh, I... Honestly, it was really close, uh, but uh, I had uh, I started out with the put on an AP bear for a male suspect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera hatless. Uh, but then I had to go with the law is powerless to help you, not hurt you. So, yeah, that's what our justice system totally is. It's there to hurt the poor and, uh, you know, uh, help the rich. Matt, hmm. that's scathing social commentary in the Simpsons podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's us. <laughs> Next week's question. Thank you, everyone, for, t- for, for answering. Next week's question. What's your favorite moving, moment involving an animal on the show? I know we've, an- we've asked this one before, but I don't care. I like to think – I like to have, at this point, just nice things, Matt. I just want good things in the listener questions. <laughs> refresh me. Remember the good uh, times. Uh, I'll post this on all social media, Twitter at Simpsons Joe Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Joe Pod at gmail.com. And obviously, I post it on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, which Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. Try and stump the other. Matt has a three-point lead on me in this season. That's very bad, because Matt is very good at this, and I'm very bad at this. And that's, no, it's a, it's Robbie, a, it's you're a, great. You just have to deal with me. It's cyclical, Matt. That's the problem. Like The reason I don't beat you is because you're good at it, and I can't beat you because you're you're good at it because i can't like i will always lose like it's it's i can't get better at it i get worse as the years have gone on i'm pretty sure i've gotten worse at this all right matt you ready for an easy question ready in bart gets an elephant bart gets an elephant and names his elephant what stampy stampy is correct hey robbie i have a feeling i got a good feeling this week matt (laughs) what's the question What's the name of Bart's elephant? And Bart gets an elephant. Stampy. Damn it. All right. 
Your meeting question, Matt. What song does the radio station play before they call people for the elephant contest? Uh, what song? Hmm. That was blank. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, that was um. <sighs> KPL is going to give me something stupid. Um, hmm. Uh, is it take this job and shove it? The right yes. episode. Yes, yes, oh, you're right. right. All right, your medium question: What is the name of the ivory dealer that almost buys Stampy? Problem is, Matt. When I was looking through Bart gets an elephant, I didn't get to the ending. I didn't. Oh stop no! Before the end, I didn't get past halfway point. So, uh, it's something sinister sounding. I know that. Uh, his. His checks are made from ivory. Um, His boots are made from ivory. It's like Colonel Colonel Blackwood. It's Mister Blackheart, unfortunately. Ah, Blackheart. I should remember. You were close though. I was. I knew. I was. I knew it was sinister. Obviously. Mm -hmm. All right. Your hard question, Matt. What does it say on the painting that Bart has scrubbed clean behind the paint? Um, Does if you can read this, you scrub too hard. All right. Signed. Um. Signed, the artist. I don't know. I need the name, Matt. Oh, uh, signed uh, Picasso. If you can read this, you scrub too hard. Signed Grant Wood. Grant Wood. What painting is that? American Gothic. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Your hard question. You get one point per correct answer. What other jobs has Mister Blackheart had? (laughs) They're all terrible. Uh, seal clubber. Um, how many are there? Can you tell me that? There are three. There are three of them. Okay. Seal clubber. Um, eagle. Like I, I know, like he's targeting all like endangered species and stuff like that. So, seal clubber, like eagle strangler, um, whale, dolphin, dolphin netter. I don't know, Matt. Those are my those are my guesses. All right, I'm going to give you. Uh, you get one point for Seal Clubber. I'm tempted to give you one more point because the next one was Whale Hunter, um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll give you one point because you got close enough. But the third one was President of the Fox Network because obviously that's the most <laughs> evil thing you can be. So I get two points for that question. You're telling me you get two points. You were close enough. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to. I would say, like, uh, don't give me what you deserve, but no, I'll take extra, all the extra <laughs> points you, you can give me. I'll take pity points. I'm on about it. Uh, President of the Fox at work. Oh, it's only become more and more true over time. So precious, The Simpsons. Well, we tied today, Matt, but unfortunately, that still gives you a three-point lead. We still have a handful of episodes remaining in this season. I feel like I have a chance. I have an opportunity. I have to seize it. Take my one shot. Mom's spaghetti. You know what I'm talking about. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh boy, this episode's bad. Um, it's not offensive, so it doesn't go to the truly bottom of the list, right? You know, it's not. No, no. No, it, it's just incredibly stupid and uh-huh. frustrating. Um, it's down there in like the 390s and 400s. I agree with you. Okay, American History, excellent. It's fresh on our mind. Is it better or worse than that? 
Mm. Worse. It's I, worse, Matt. It's worse. It's worse, yeah, because I would much rather watch that than this, and that's really saying something. There's <sighs> there's greatest story ever doed. And what's there's a bunch of scenes twenty one episodes all together here. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I was looking down at like Mona Levza and Million Dollar Maybe as just patently absurd, stupid things. Like I, I I think I would rather watch Dangerous Curves again because at least that reminds me of a good movie. Uh, now that we watched it, what's Million Dollar Maybe? I can hear you looking it up. <laughs> I mean, well, that's where Homer uh, gets in the accident uh, because he bought a lottery. It's or the fake lottery accident. thing. Yeah, it's a lottery yeah. where he hides winning the lottery. This is worse Ooh, than that. This is worse one. than the yeah. lottery, Matt. This is worse than the Million Dollar Maybe. It's worse than Dangerous yeah. Curves. I don't think it's worse than Mona Leaves, though. That's kind of where I'm thinking, yeah. Because remember, we have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Allure. This is definitely not as bad as that. But Mona Leaves is really stupid. If if it really was dumb. if Mona Lisa was it about anyone else but Mona, I wouldn't put I wouldn't hate it as much. But because it's Mona, and you're like they kill Mona with this stupid episode, you're like mm-hmm. uh, it makes you it makes me very angry. This is like you said, like it's in the area of like this this dumbest premise, and then they don't even focus on the dumb premise. Like there's plenty of episodes that have dumb premises that end up being good because they take it seriously and treat it like a real, a real thing. But they just like, there's even a bit in this episode that I didn't call out where Homer calls attention to the fact about the, the joke booths at the energy convention. He says, let's go walk to the next joke booth. He says that out loud. And you're like, we just we haven't even had a time a moment to breathe, and we get the lampshading of the of, of your own jokes of your own premise. Like there's no not, without even a degree of of reality here. Um, so that's the number four hundred one on our list, right below Million Dollar, maybe right above Mona leaves that new number two hundred nine on our post golden years ranking, which is pretty low. We're at two hundred forty three total post golden years episodes at this point. Um. We're not dinette, Matt. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. That question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I mean, how do I get more gunpowder is all I want to know. Fire the cannon. I mean, that poor whale got blown up. In yeah, even even a fake whale didn't deserve that. No. We, uh, so goodbye. Goodbye, this squirt in the whale. We fire you directly out of the cannon. We can ask that same, ask and answer that same question about every episode, working our way down from the top of the list until every episode has been answered. And that, we're number at 132, Matt. We are at Homer Goes to College. I mean, yes, that episode's hilarious, and we should have, absolutely keep it. I only it. have one answer for it, Matt. That is nerd. <laughs> yes, of course. Curly, straight. Curly, straight. Yeah, of course it stays. It, it, it's that is, and that, that's like an example of the Golden Years. Like it's a jokey episode, right? The plot mm-hmm. is relatively simple uh, and thin, but the jokes carry the day. And there's enough of a plot there. Like it is at the end of the day, it's Homer trying to. Help the nerds. He doesn't want the nerds to to get knocked pushed out of college. So like it's enough, right? He has he strikes up this friendship and it, it carries the day with all those jokes. It doesn't always have to be super serious plot, and it's still a really good episode. 
Yeah, it's, but there it's, has it's to goofy be an extreme, but you, you have to know that there has to be no, there's nothing that's serious in the middle of that even when they hit the dean with the car, it's treated as a joke, and that's how you do a funny episode. It's just this episode so frustrating. The whale. All right, Homer goes to college. Yes, of course, it stays in the canon. Um, our next episode, Matt. Every I just I'm like, oh no, what is the next episode? It is to surveil with love. In this episode, radiation seeps out of Homer's gym bag after a bomb squad blows it up, and Springfield officials decide to suspend all civil liberties. What? This episode guest stars Eddie Izzard as Nigel Baker Butcher. Love Eddie Izzard. Love Eddie Izzard. Okay. I guess we'll see how that ends up next week. For Susie Eddie Izzard. Okay, the Wikipedia still has her as Eddie Izzard. I don't like that. Also, Lisa dies... Lisa dyes her hair after being stereotyped for being blonde. This is in the same episode where they take away everyone's civil liberties. Oh my! I don't like it. I'm just gonna sleep for two weeks. We'll we'll catch up at the next episode. Okay. Let's <laughs> go to bed. That's my answer. Yeah. Let's go to sleep. All right. That's next time. Uh, watch along with us if you like. Uh, you can find everything on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. has links to all the things we do online, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to a link to our Patreon if you want to help support the show, help keep the lights on. We'd really appreciate that. You can find me online under my name on all social media, on Twitter, Instagram. Those are the two places I'm most active. Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com, which has links to all the things I do online and in total, including all of my novels, my most recent novel is The Other. It's a horror novel. Uh, a Exorcist meets The Notebook. Uh, is my blender pitch uh, about a demon fighting a, uh, a, a fighting a war for love in a long-held marriage. Uh, I think it's really good. You should go read it. It's on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. All my books are, the, are in those places. Give them all a chance. Uh, my 11 horror novels. My one science fiction novel. Uh, I have a new one coming out next month uh hopefully have everything ready for that soon Matt does not participate in social media you will not find him no once again i spend all of my time taking care of tiny little baby kittens uh which we have just received a fresh intern not even out of college yet so uh they're still trying to figure out how to eat on their own so it's one of those things you just have to work with uh i mean they haven't even finished out bathroom break so probably they're their sophomore year that's usually when you, you pee yourself a lot in college right robbie what <laughs> Anyway, you can see this adorable intern at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram, uh, updated semi-frequently with new pictures of incredibly adorable kittens, including one who is just about mm, seven days old right now. So you can check out this adorable little guy, and perhaps if you live in the Central Florida area, adopt him. That's Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Well, that will call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Okay, well, I just did it. Shh.